What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. It's May 17th as you're listening to this, and let me tell you, if you have been living under a rock, the NHL playoffs just started, the NBA play-in is about to start, so much is going on right now, and you do not want to miss out on the action. Get on the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the promo code THPN during sign-up. That is promo code THPN. Playing daily fantasy basketball or hockey is simple. Just pack your Pick your lineup, sit under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist, shot on goal, whatever stat there is, so much more. It's all included in a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. And also, like I said, NHL playoffs, NBA plan, we're in the middle of May. It's baseball season as well. Baseball fans don't miss out on season-long fantasy, daily fantasy action everywhere with DraftKings. So many ways to make it rain using DraftKings. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. That's code THPN. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot of millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello ladies and gentlemen and Kings fans and welcome to episode 47 of season 2 of the Kings Den as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 47 of season 2 of the Kings Den. The first postseason episode, yes that's right, the regular season is over for your LA Kings. No playoffs this year unfortunately was kind of expected as well we have a lot to get into here as it is the first episode after the regular season and you know it was a pretty good year for the kings there was a lot of growth and we still there was uh two more games to talk about two uh the two games against colorado we won't talk too much about them because one they weren't good games and there just wasn't much to talk about 
with them as their your LA Kings lost to Colorado on uh, by the score of six nothing on Wednesday and by the score of five to one on Thursday to end the regular season. So not a great way to end the regular season. But for this team, there was a lot of growth this year and a lot to be proud of this year. And this team is ready to keep taking next steps. Your team, your LA Kings, finished tied for fifth in the division with or tied for sixth in the division with a twenty one, twenty eight and seven record. Tied with the San Jose Sharks who had the exact same record, but LA's goal differential was way better at minus twenty seven compared to San Jose's minus forty eight. And also the losing the last two games to Colorado, like Colorado won the President's Trophy winning those games. So can't that's a good team. Colorado's a good good team, so you can't really tip you can't really get too mad at it, I guess, is would be the best way to put it. The one uh just a couple notes from Thursday's season finale game is uh Drake Rimza got to play in his first NHL game, so that was very cool to see. I believe he was the fifth or sixth LA King to make his NHL debut for the Kings this season. So pretty cool. Ended with a plus one. I think it was thirteen and a half minutes of ice time. He had a pretty good night. And in this game, your Kings led one nothing after the first on on stay hot Sean Walker. What a end of the season he had as he stripped Barkowski of the puck at the blue line. Yeah, a defenseman stripping him at the blue line and takes it all the way down and ripped it on the breakaway. That made it uh, ripped past Johansson on the breakaway. That made it uh, one to nothing for the Kings. But then it was all Avalanche the rest of the way. As again, it just wasn't great games for the LA Kings to end end the season. But a note on Sean Walker and the amazing end to the season he had was he finished with eight points in eight games to end the season. Three goals, five assists, and you really like that. You really like seeing that from Sean Walker because, again, he was a second-year player who caught out a sophomore slump. Injuries killed him this year as well. Battled COVID, I believe. But, you know, had a great end of the season. And you have to have that from him next year. And we have uh, the end of season of media availability. We have we have a lot to get into about that. But in the in that final game of the regular season, it was pretty much, you know, talked about Sean Walker or Drake uh, Rimsha. And what head coach Thomas Holland had to say about Rimsha after his first NHL game on uh, Thursday, he said, well, he's kind of been a bit of an unsung hero around our group. He's been with us all year on the taxi squad. He's worked as hard as anyone that dresses every night. He just sat back quietly and did his thing. Everything we asked of him, he did, and he got banged up here. And we got banged up here at the end, a couple of players, and he got his opportunity. The group was so excited for him. I think he motivates us a little bit tonight to pick our socks up and couldn't be happier for him. He's so well-deserving. And then head coach Thomas Holland got asked about uh, how much the final six weeks impacted the strides made in the first three months because, again, as we know, it was a bit of a bumpy road to end the season when there was so much positivity in the first few months of the season. And head coach Thomas Holland said, well, didn't play as well as we did early in the season. I think that's evident. We lost some players' injuries. We made a move. A player left. The quality of opponent, I do believe, I believe I do believe we went up. We had the streak of games there against Vegas, and then obviously the number of games we just played here against Colorado also presented a big challenge for us. There's clearly a difference, a separation between two 
two teams, three teams in our division, and the rest. That's just the way it is. We have to. We have that far to go. I didn't think we played as well down the stretch as we did earlier in the year. There was a point where we did believe we we could be a team that was going to push for it, and then it slipped away from us. And head coach Tom McClellan also got asked about the schedule. Uh, and if that had an impact at all, and he said there were pros and cons to it. I thought earlier in the year it helped. The older players had outstanding starts. Maybe didn't finish quite the way they wanted to, but it helped them. With less practice time, I think it hurt a lot of the young players. In our situation, I think a lot of the teaching, a lot of the learning had to be done through video throughout the season. Sometimes you take a negative event and it affects them mentally, so we tried to find a positive find positive stuff, but some of the best teaching moments are from mistakes. A lack of practice time clearly didn't help, but 31 teams got through it better than we did. I mean, yeah, everyone was through the same schedule, so there's not there's no real excuse for that, but you can definitely say it affected you for sure. And then just on what head, head, coach, head coach Tom McClellan was most proud of with the strides the team made this season, he said, well, you have to sit back and review everything. I think there were some areas we improved in. Our special team numbers went up, but then they started to go down, in particular the power play. It was two different seasons, in my belief. The power play carried us a lot, then it went dry. It caused problems for us. We had trouble scoring 5-on-5. Five five. A lot of younger players took on more meaningful, important roles. They were on... They were, or were they, or were or were they ready for them? Sometimes that's a real good thing, and sometimes it's not a real good thing. I know the rhetoric out there is play the kids, play the kids, but we do so much harm playing the kids as if they weren't put in those situations. But we can do so much harm playing the kids as help if we put them in the situations that they aren't prepared for. So, how does Thomas Holland talk on the strides there and talking about how the mantra of wanting to play the kids, but at the same time, you don't want to play all of them, you know? And that's a couple things. Some guys took amazing, amazing, amazing strides this season. Mikey Anderson. I have a stat about Mikey Anderson here. Mikey Anderson played more minutes than any other rookie this season. 37 seconds of shift. He played... Going into Thursday, I don't have the final number, but going into Thursday, he was at 1,119 minutes and 26 seconds of ice time. That is unbelievable. He had an amazing rookie season. Him and Doughty were playing together. He, just an outstanding rookie season for Mikey Anderson. And the growth he had was some of the best I've seen. And it was that was fun. That was very fun to watch, see him have that growth. Like, you have a young defenseman like that, and him and Doughty loved playing together. We're going to get to that in a second as well. It was just amazing to see. Like, Anderson was 24.05 of ice time. He was the lead man on ice time on Thursday night. Like, he is starting to take the reins a little bit, and it is awesome, awesome to see. It's very, very cool to see. And now, with all that, we'll get into some end-of-the-season media availability. And then we have a few other things to touch on before the end of this episode. And let's just start with, actually, one more thing. Before we get into Kopitar and everyone else's media availability, we have to say Jonathan Quick did not play in the final few games of the season. He didn't even dress. Uh, Troy Grosinek played in the last game of the season. So with that, is this the last we've seen of Jonathan Quick in an LA Kings jersey? It's very interesting to see. And we're, we're about to get into this as well when we get into Cal Peterson's media availability. But it's a very interesting thing. This is a huge offseason. 
massive. That's going to happen. And there could be a lot of changes. And one of the dominoes that could fall could be Jonathan Quick. So, absolute Kings legend. We're going to have to see what happens with him this offseason. And we'll definitely talk about that a lot more as the offseason goes on. But let's get into Anze Kopitar at the media availability. He, Kopitar believes that the team is going in the right direction. But he wants to return to the postseason. And Kopitar said... As a team, I think we took steps in the right direction. Obviously, there's still work left to be done. We're going to look ahead to that. We're going to take the positives, look at the negatives, see what we need to correct, and go from there. And Kopitar, you know, he's just always so classy and such. He didn't say a specific need at all. He just does. He just talked about an overall change and desire within the locker room to take things to the next level. Uh, and he said being in the hunt was encouraging, but it's not enough. You need to get to the postseason. And he went on to say, we've got to, to come out and perform to our potential. I think everyone in that locker room can and will probably say that they can do better. But we've got to raise that level. Bring in the mix. Being in the mix for as long as being in the mix for as long as we were was refreshing. But it's still disappointing not making the playoffs. We've got to look forward to correcting that and be in a position to make the playoffs. And that's true. These older guys, they want to get back in the playoffs. Kopitar. Doughty, Brown, Quick, and it's going to be very interesting to see. I know I say that a lot, but some of the moves that are going to be made this offseason, it's it's time. It's time to start making moves for the Kings. All the cap space they have, and again, this is stuff we're going to get into as well, but there's a lot that the Kings can do. And uh, Kopitar also went on to say that it's fair to say that we had an up and down season. When I was up, obviously the confidence was good. When you're down, it's not as good. In the last little while, we didn't win too many games, so you didn't expect us to be a confident bunch. We have to take this year and learn from it. There were some bright spots, and there were some not so bright spots that we make that we have to improve on and get better at, and make sure it doesn't happen again. And went on to say the end of the year uh, was a was a blow on the scale, but in terms of output and confidence, the theme. Uh, it was a theme throughout the exit interviews was uh, despite the end of the season, it was a good season for the Kings because of the growth that the team had. And now Drew Doughty spoke. And of course he's pretty polarizing. He'll say what's on his mind. And he did this again this off season. And he like Koptar kind of said it as a whole. Doughty goes straight to the point, straight to the point. And Drew Doughty had an awesome comeback season amazing comeback season just awesome awesome season shutting up the haters like he does like Doughty did like because he he has struggled the last few seasons but this season he was awesome he didn't like finishing the season on a cold streak he said that but he was straightforward in his comments at the end of the season media availability like he always is you know and he got asked if he would be satisfied with the team entering next season without adding to the roster. And Doughty just straight up said, no. So, of course, you can see that Doughty wants to add. He went He went on to say, you've got two of the best players at their positions, two-way uh, complete players at their positions. We, with all the cap space, yeah, we've got to bring guys in. And I would say that the main takeaway from Doughty talking is... Just a desire to get better. And not necessarily... And it's he wants it through players 
improving, individual players improving, obviously. But he wants additions to the roster as well. And he knows that they need to get better. And he went on and say, we've got to get better. That's the bottom line. That's what we need. Yeah, all the individual players need to get better over the summer. Stuff like that. But as a team, we just need to get better and better. That's not just the players. So, UNC. Dowdy wants to win. He's always been a competitive guy. And he wants to bring players in. And does that mean he wants Jack Eichel in? And, I, like, what he said there. It's not just the players. Like, head coach Thomas Holland did a good job. Does he have some friction with him? Rob Blake has done a hell of a job as GM, in my opinion. Is that on him? Like, it's just, that, that made me question a little bit, that. But, again, it's going to be very interesting. But I think it is time for the Kings to bring players in. And on that, Drew Doughty got asked if, uh, if he liked the notion of uh, bringing in a new D partner for him. And he said right away that he he rejected that idea right away, saying that he loved playing with Mikey Anderson this season. And how can you not? The two of them played so well together, and they logged so many minutes. It's awesome to see. Doughty went on to say, I don't, I don't want anyone. I like playing with Mikey Anderson. I love playing with Mikey Anderson. We've developed quite the partnership. I don't think you need to bring anyone in to play with me. I don't think you necessarily need to bring anyone in on defense. I think our defense is solid. I like our young guys. I like the middle of the pack. Veteran guys, obviously, we have to bring guys in. That's not my job to make that decision. You guys can ask Blakey that. And that's true. I completely agree. There was rumors during the season of Rob Blake wanting to bring in another defenseman. And I kind of touched about it last, or a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago. And now I take that back. Because look at the defense. It's only going to get better and better. The only one I would change out is, is uh, I would take out Ole Mata. But you know what you do? You play Kale Clay. That was so frustrating that they didn't play him enough this season. They just not, they just didn't play him enough, and it was so frustrating to see. But man, like Doughty, Anderson, Roy, Bornfoot, Walker, and then Plague. That is a very, very good defense. That's young and only gonna get better. And I would love that. I would. I would go back. I would come back into the season with that defense. Absolutely. Absolutely, I would come back in with that defense. Doughty also went on to say about Anderson, how Anderson has has been becoming a leader in the room already. And this was his first full season. And Doughty said, the one thing with Mikey is this guy is already talking in our dressing room at at intermissions and stuff like that. He's already one of the more vocal, probably one of the top three vocal guys on our team already. To say that about a guy like that, it's basically unheard of. Mikey is a great pro already. He's many years above his age, above what his age actually is. So, again, these two guys just clicked. And remember at the start of the year when all the talk was going to be, oh, Drew Doughty and Ole Mata are going to be playing together. Thank God we didn't have that all season. And the only the you take swings, you take your chances, and sometimes you swing and miss. And the only Mata experiment was fun, kind of. I thought it might have worked, but it obviously didn't. And I think that is one player that it is time to move on from. I'm sorry, but it is. And of course, Doughty, he didn't like starting ending the season cold, but he did have one of. Uh, his best seasons in a long time. And he said that as well when he got asked about it. He said, I felt like I was having one of the best seasons of my whole career, to be honest. I kind of want to go, I kind of went back to how I used to play, a little more risky, a little more offensive. I still keep the defensive game intact. Honestly, I think I improved in the defensive area. And it's true. Doughty just 
his season was unbelievable, and it was awesome to see that. Like, you guys saw how good he was this year. It was very, very cool to see. And then, and and then uh, Alex, I follow as well what he had to say, and he specifically pointed at he got the extension this season, and in his media availability, he pointed at uh, being a bigger role and being a part of the leadership group this season. And he went on to say. We've been with each other for a few years, and we talked about, we talked a lot in the summer. I feel like talking with the secondary core, having meetings with each other, talking about how we wanted to go forward, I feel like that helped us try and take leadership and ownership of the group. Communication was huge, and I feel like that helped us this year. And that's true. And like we said, I followed got to wear A late in the year when Brown, Dustin Brown got hurt, and he deserved it, man. It was awesome to see. It was very, very cool to see. And he, he talking about that, he said... I've had a lot of good captains and assistant captains, so I've learned a lot from them. As you grow year by year, obviously you want to get better and improve each year. I feel like I feel like this was the time for me to grow leadership-wise. Looking at all these veterans and leaders, I just wanted to take a chapter chapter from them, help the younger guys, and help the team grow. That's just a step I wanted to take this year, and that's true. You know, I follow is just so consistent, man. He's just. It's like under the radar consistent and the contract extension is absolutely perfect, absolutely amazing deal for the Kings and for I follow. I think that was an absolutely fair deal. Great job by Rob Blake getting that done. And now he's going to be a part of this team and a part of the leadership group for a long time. And it's what the team needed. That's what I follow needed. And I follow deserved it because he loves playing with these guys and he deserves to be a part of that group. And the last thing about Get being kind of up and down this season, I follow said there were a lot of up and downs this year for sure. I feel like we've got to stick together in those times, especially near the end. There was the playoff race. If you lose a couple in a row, I feel like I feel like we didn't get enough momentum back to start winning games. We've got to learn from that and take it as it is. We have to make sure we're not doing that next year. Stay positive and learn from everything. So that was Alex. I follow on the. Uh, on his role at the end at the end of the season and uh and being more of a leader and such as well and again great year for him and again this is going to be a very very interesting offseason what moves are the kings going to make are they going to trade some of the prospects they could especially if you're going to go for eichel a lot of guys had great seasons and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. I know I've said that a million times, but it's true. The LA Kings offseason might be the most interesting this offseason. It, it is. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what Rob Blake and the front office does. Uh, well, let's continue the media availability a little bit because there are some more interesting things I like to talk about here. And one thing I like to talk about is Adrian Kempe. And I've been hard on him as well. Sometimes I've been too hard on him. And I know a lot of fans are too hard on him. Because they want him to be producing more. And they want more consistency. And I can see the Kings going away from him this season. Like trading him or something. But at the same time. Think about this. You're on him for lack of consistency. Kempe this season. Played. Every. Offensive position. He played center. He played left wing, he played right wing, and he played on every single line. He played on the first, the second, the third, and the fourth. He played with everyone. He also played more than 50 minutes 
five on five with nine different line mates. But more than 200 with zero. He, Kempe got thrown all over the place. So, if you're kind of regarding the lack of consistency, look at that. He was moving around all season. It's hard to find, with a player like Kempe, it's hard to find consistency when you're always being, being moved around and thrown around like that. And he talked about it. He said, I think it is, especially when you play with guys for several games, you build that chemistry. And I feel like when I played with a lot of different guys, and sometimes it's hard to know what kind of player you're playing with now. When you when you adjusted to playing with certain guys for a couple of games, I think for me, I would like to see a more consistent mix of lines for the team, but I'm not the coach. Either way, whoever you play with, I just try to do the best I can out there. Building consistency on lines can build a lot more chemistry as well. So that's Adrian Kempe's comments on uh, on being thrown around a little bit this season. And he was. And I, I was thinking about that because I was hard on him a few times this season as well. And the like it's hard to build chemistry when you're being thrown around at all times. It's true. It is true. The Kempe still had a great season though. And he was consistent on the power play even though that struggled in the second half of the season. It he was a big reason why the power play was good at the start of the season. He had 14, 14 of his 29 points were on the power play, 4 goals and 10 assists. And he he's a good power play player. And he said on that, he said, I think at the, at the beginning of the season, it, it felt like we scored every single game. But the momentum we have, the confidence we have, when you don't score for a while, you maybe start to overdo things. You Make the extra play every time because it needs to be perfect. Going back to what we did at the beginning of the year, it wasn't complicated. We just moved the puck quick. We shot it. We got it back. That's something we've got to get back to. We had a good start to the year. We ended up pretty We ended up pretty good percentage-wise, so it was a step in the right direction compared to other years, and it's true. And that That is true. Like Power play did get better for how bad it was in the second half of the season. It absolutely did get better, and this is one thing we'll kind of touch on as well but Kempe did talk about it is the world championships players go to that if they aren't in the playoffs when the season is over and Kempe is going to play for Sweden so he just got asked about that and he said always fun when they ask and I feel like an important part of Sweden and their national team I've always enjoyed playing for them my brother is on the team as well so it's nice to catch up with him and play with him for maybe the final time in our careers he's getting a little older so it's nice to catch up with him hopefully he, hopefully we can play together and have a good time I've won world championships before. I remember how fun it is. Obviously, it's, obviously it's going to be different this year, but I'm always proud to wear the Sweden jersey. So, Kempe is fired up to be playing in the world championships again. And it's good. A lot of Kings players are going. Let's just get to that right now, actually. So, Kempe is going for uh, Team Sweden. If you look at the USA roster, they have Trevor Moore, Cal Peterson, and Christian Wolanin. So, oh, and Matt Roy. Four LA Kings going to Team USA. And that's awesome to see. That's very, very cool to see. And I hope that they do great. They, ho I hope they continue to play well. Cal Peterson wanted to go right away. Wolanin's going. Matt Roy, he's going to be awesome for the team. And, of course, Trevor Moore had a great end to the season. He's going to be great for that team as well. So, that's it for who I have going so far. I know that there's more. I don't have the rest on me right now.
let's continue here quickly because I just want to get to Matt Roy because Matt Roy is quietly one of the best defensemen for the LA Kings. And it's hard to pinpoint a specific area. But he's, he just does everything right, you know? He's just a sound defensive defenseman that does everything right. And he, believe the, he believes that the Kings were a little more aggressive in the 2019-2020 season. And that and cha- something changed before this last season. And he said, he went on to say, I think last year we played a little more aggressive on our forecheck and in our neutral zone forecheck, which allowed us to play in the offensive zone a little bit more. I think this year we had a tendency to sag back a bit and play a bit more defensive. In that regard, we played better last we played better last year, but hopefully moving forward, we can get back to that, play more aggressive, and get on that attack. So, hey, Mount, Mount Roy's a defensive defenseman, but he wants to score goals, so let's go here. Like, And I think, and again, that's going to be the big thing. The offense is going to be changed this offseason. I don't think... Like I said, you don't need to make any changes to the defense. It's offense that you're going to see changes with this season. And what's hard to believe is this is this was only Matt Roy's second season in the NHL. It's unbelievable. You would not expect that at all. And he got asked about that and uh, feeling confident. And he said, I think just the speed of the game and the pace of the game. I feel like I wasn't trying to match the game. When you first get called up, you're kind of worried about other guys and how fast they are, how good they are. Having that year of conf- of experience i feel like i was confident in myself and i was ready to go from the beginning so of course matt roy he was ready to go he had a way he had a great season and it was just awesome to see and then kind of like how dowdy talked about playing with mikey anderson roy kind of had a few different partners over the season but he mainly played with tobias bornfoot and they became a pretty stable pair and just being asked about that he said if you play with the same guy enough, you're definitely going to get into the rhythm and learn each other's tendencies. If you get, if you do get a different partner for whatever reason, it can be fun, shake things up, energize you a bit. I know, however, I played with Dermy. I was always excited to play. Nothing against Toby, obviously, but sometimes shaking it up is a good thing. If you have the same partner and can build chemistry, I think that's a great thing as well. And that's a good point. You got to build chemistry with more than one guy. So, of course, Roy played with Bornfoot for a lot of the year, but he also played with Mikey Anderson a, a touch when Anderson and Doughty weren't together, and with Dermy and Curtis McDermott. So, again, I think you have to fire Curtis McDermott to the sun, but it's gonna be. I I think that I think the, the defense should stay together pretty much, honestly, in my opinion. Like Roy and Bornfoot were a good pair, Doughty and Anderson a great pair. Like they should stay. They should stay together. And just quickly, one more. Cal Peterson, he was talking about wanting to be a number one goaltender. And the other night, he was in, in net on Wednesday night. This was interesting. He was in net on Wednesday night, and they lost 6 nothing. And, yeah, it was a bad game, but Cal Peterson wanted to stay in. He's like, I need to stay in for this game. And that's very respectable. He's like, no, I'm finishing this game. I want to stay in. I need to be better than I was earlier in the game. I need to stay in. And that's respectable. So he did. Uh, head coach Tom McClellan let him stay in. And that was, I think that's a big stepping stone for a, a guy that wants to become a number one goaltender. And just being asked about wanting to be the number one and take shape and take with that role, he said, I mean, I think that's the goal. I think every game that I play, I'm hoping to build confidence with the guys around me, the coaching staff too, having me in there. I think it's just every day trying to be the best coming to the NHL. I want to be the number one goaltender or goalie. I want to be the guy to win games. So that's definitely the goal. And Cal Peterson got asked about the schedule as well. 
how different it was with the structure and such. And he said, I would say it was a challenge. I think it was a challenge for everybody. The condensed schedule, it's hard too. Whether it's a good game or a bad game, you have another chance to turn it around and get back on track. But at the same time, it's one of those things that you have to learn to shake off every performance and come to the rink with a fresh mindset and ready to win hockey games. It was definitely a challenge. It was something that I, I had never gone through. I had never really gone through. So another piece of experience that I can pack away with me. So again, it was a different different year, man. It was a different different season and every every team dealt with it. Every team dealt with it. So by the way, it is wild that the playoffs have started and the Canucks and Flames still have to play three games against each other. That is just I get why they're playing the games, but at the same time, like, come on, man. Come on. Like really? One more thing for Team USA, or for Cal Peterson, is the fact that we mentioned that he's playing for Team USA at the World Championship, so he obviously got asked about that, and he said, it's a huge honor, it was a very easy yes for me. I think anytime you have the opportunity to represent your country and play for Team USA, I don't see any real reason to turn that down. I was extremely excited, extremely honored to get asked, and I'm really looking forward to playing with some teammates and having a significant role on the team and hopefully come back with a medal. So again... Peterson joins Matt Roy, Trevor Moore, and Christian Willannon on Team USA. And that's going to be a good team, man. That's going to be a fun team to watch at the World Championships. We got one more thing to let you go because we haven't talked about this enough this season. And I am sorry about that. But we got to talk about the Baby Kings, the Ontario Reign. And yes, they have... They've... They had a tough start to the season. That's... That's what it is. They had a tough start to the season. Gotta give credit to this team. Ontario lost 12 of their first 13 games. 12 of their first 13. 40 game season. And you lose 12 of your first 13. That is insane. But since March 12th, you gotta think Ontario Reign, a ton of rookies, all the top prospects Byfield, Turcotte, Kaliev, Kapari. Lost 12 of the first 13 since March 12th. 15-9-2. Completely turned it around. 10 rookies on the roster. Rookie head coach. Roster moves every single day. Because we talked about that at length. Every single day. And you lose 12 of the first 13. Then you go 15-9-2 down the stretch. And what do you do? You play well enough to play in one of the Pacific Division play-in games. Yes, that is right. Play-in games for the Pacific Division, for the playoffs. The Ontario gets to play playoff hockey to an extent, and that all starts on Tuesday. The uh, Ontario Reign finished the regular season yesterday. Playoffs start tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, San Jose faces Tucson in the first game, and then Ontario faces Colorado in the night game. The winners of those two games play each other on Wednesday night. So if Ontario wins, they will take on either San Jose or Tucson in the next in the next matchup of this. So very, very proud of the Ontario Reign for making that. So, like I said, Ontario plays Colorado. The winners, of, if they win, they will play the winner of uh, San Jose and Tucson. That game will be on Wednesday night. And then the winner of that series will play on, will play the Henderson Silver Knights, the 
uh, Baby Golden Knight in the Pacific Division semifinals. And then uh, the other semifinal is Bakersfield against San Diego. So it's going to be very interesting to follow along. And hopefully Ontario can pull it out and we got and we can keep talking about them as this goes on. Because it would be, it'd be very cool to see them make a run because they deserve it. And they're fully, lo- fully loaded now. They just got Madden back. They got everyone in the lineup now because the King season is over. They're going to be firing on all cylinders and they are going to be ready to go. And they shouldn't, they, they got to be proud of themselves. That's a tough start to the season. And they, and they go and do that. It's awesome, man. Kaliev, he's been insane playing just insane. He's uh, just under uh, three quarters of a point per game. He has 29 points in 39 games. That is unbelievable. That's great. Akil Thomas is second on the team. Just playing insane. Kaliev's actually points per game of 0.74 is the highest by a rookie in the AHL for the Kings franchise since Toffoli in the 2012-2013 season. So that goes to show you the what Arthur Kaliev can do right there. So we'll definitely keep you updated on the Ontario Reign as this goes on. And with that being said, that's it for episode 47 of season 2 of the Kings. And we will have so much more to discuss next episode. We still have a bit of bit more media availability to get to, but we're starting to run long a little bit here. And we'll start to have we'll just start to go more in depth about the offseason and what they're gonna do and get different people's perspectives on what is gonna happen. And we'll also keep talking about the playoffs as well. It was a great game one on Saturday night between Boston and Washington as Washington came out with the win leading that series one nothing. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to follow the playoffs. I'm so excited for that Florida Tampa series. You have no idea. That series is my series to watch so far. I'm very excited for that, like I said last episode. But with that being said, that's it for episode forty seven of season two of the Kingston. Like always, don't forget to like rate, subscribe, and review to not only the Kingston, but to every other podcast around the Hockey Podcast Network because everyone is just killing it here, doing so well, like I said, going hard for the playoffs now, and it's just, it's fun, man. We're having a lot of fun here at the Hockey Podcast Network, and with that being said, don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet, or just search the Hockey Podcast Network on Facebook on YouTube, or on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content, including After Hours and so much more. And, of course, don't forget to follow us here at the King's Den, at the King's Den, THPN on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. And with all that, have a great start to your week. Be safe. Wear your mask. And we'll talk to you on Thursday for episode 48 of season two of the Kingston. Have a great week, everyone.